Welcome to the Maximizing Outcomes Podcast, brought to you by Jim McGovern and the McGovern Wealth Group. Achieving bigger and better results with money, family, and business isn't about creating a bigger to-do list for yourself. It's about who can help you create results without you having to do all the work. Listen as we provide uncommon perspectives, powerful resources, and experienced people that can help you maximize outcomes in your life. Let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to Maximizing Outcomes with Jim McGovern. Jim, what's going on? Eric, we got a uh, great guest today, and I think this is something that's going to uh, really impact a lot of people in a lot of different ways. We're going to be talking about career fulfillment and making sure that you love what it is you do for a living. And yeah, we've got a great guest, but... Uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I got to be honest, audience, Jim gives me some notes ahead of time, kind of gives me the preview of what they're going to be talking about. And there is an amazing guest on the show. But before we get to that, Jim, I've been working with you for quite a while now. And... I'll be honest, you're one of the most fulfilled people I know when it comes to careers. I, I mean, I it comes through on every podcast we've done. It comes through in private conversations we've had. And I'd like to ask you, either you can answer it now or, or later, how did that happen for you? How how are you so fulfilled in what you do? Yeah, I mean, I think we should maybe just start there. I'll answer it now. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky in the fact that I absolutely love what I do. I, I, I find a great deal of meaning out of the work that we do. I, I love how we impact people. I love the entrepreneurial side and the creativity side of our work, the team building. I mean, for me, it's just an absolute perfect fit. And you know, I'm one of those few people. I, I look forward to Monday. I look forward to starting the work week. Mm-hmm. And sometimes by Friday, I'm like, man, I wish we had another day, you know, but <laughs> I, I wish I could say this was all by design. And for me, it wasn't. I happen to be fortunate that I had some great people around me who were already in this field and they introduced me to this career path and it was just a perfect fit for me. But, you know, I don't, I don't think that really happens that way for many people. I think there's a lot of folks that are out there searching for a much more fulfilling career. I mean, people are feeling burned out and mm-hmm. that's really why I wanted to bring today's guest on the show. And I, I think we can, we can get people some resources that they can look at their careers and they can feel the same way that I feel. Absolutely. Well, why don't you intro the guest so we can get started. Before I, I introduce our guest, uh, I want to read a quote. And this quote came from Steve Jobs in his famous 2005 Stanford commencement speech. Steve said, your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking and don't settle. As with all matters with the heart, you'll know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking and don't settle. I thought that was a perfect way to introduce uh, Emily Melius because your career is a huge part of your life. And you think about the amount of time that you spend at work, the energy you put into it, and all the effort that goes towards it. Like I said a minute ago, you know, I don't, I don't dread Mondays. And you know, there's a lot of people that, that do. And when they think about the time and effort they put into work, it's it's mentally draining. And I think there's just way too many people out there that, you know, they're just looking forward to the day. They just can't wait. They wish they could fast forward to the end of their career and they could retire from that career path. Like they, they want to get away from it. Other people absolutely love it. They get energy from their careers. So Emily Melius is the CEO and fulfillment coach at Launch Consulting. Emily helps high-achieving, mid-career professionals create energizing, satisfying, and fulfilling careers. 
She is a certified Colby consultant and a SHRM senior certified professional. And she is the creator of the three-part fulfillment formula in the Career Nav Navigator program. So Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. I am so looking forward to this conversation today. I think this is just going to be fantastic. And I guess before we dive in too much here, tell us a little bit about Launch Consulting. Sure. Well, we really work both sides of the coin in that we help professionals create fulfilling careers, but also companies create fulfilling workplaces because it's everyone's responsibility to be fulfilled at work. We can't do one side of the equation. And so, uh, again, our goal is that people are fulfilled at work. We know that everybody benefits when that's the case. So we have programs to help both professionals and companies do just that. I think it's great how you focus on both because there's people listening to the show that are saying, yeah, I'm, I'm experiencing career burnout or I just I go through work. It's just not really, it's just not really my passion. But there's other people that are employing those folks that aren't feeling that that swift. So I, I think this is great that you know it's like you know, both sides need to you know kind of meet in the middle here and, and find ways to to find more meaning out of the work that we do. I was on your website and I, I read a few stats and I, I want to just mention these to the audience here. So Emily's website is launchconsulting.io, and right on the homepage it had it had the stat that one in three workers are willing to consider a lower paying job if it was a more fulfilling job. Another one was 64% of workers want fulfilling work, but only 28% want engaging work. And then the last one that caught me was seven out of 10 workers would consider an offer for a more fulfilling job. And that I'll says a lot, especially in the kind of economy we're in right now. Yeah, and I'll throw one more stat at you, which is uh, done by a company called Imperative. They also focus on fulfillment at work, and they determined that it is statistically impossible to be fulfilled in life if you are not fulfilled at work. So I caution all of you listening that were thinking that maybe, just maybe, you could make up for that unfulfilling job on the weekends and the evenings. You know, maybe if you can just do all that fun stuff in life that you want to do and just survive at work. I am so sorry to say. You just can't make up for it. So as you quoted so so perfectly from Steve Jobs, this is a this is a not settle kind of thing. This is a non-negotiable because our fulfillment at work really does impact all of our lives, all of our life experience. We can't compartmentalize this. And that makes sense. I mean, I, I look, I'm a numbers guy, shocker to nobody, but you know, I was just running some numbers that if you work a 40 hour work week and you work roughly 48 weeks a year and you do that for 40 years, and that's like 76,000 hours of your life dedicated to your job. And yeah, if you aren't happy at work, it's pretty tough to be happy in all other areas of life. I mean, they're all, they're all tied together. So I guess the question I have for you, Emily, is, is what does fulfillment at work look like? Like, how do you define that? I love that you're starting with that question because people use that word a lot, right? Most of my clients come to me saying, oh, I just want to be more fulfilled. I just want fulfillment at work. But the tricky part is we use that word, but we don't know how to attain it. And if we don't know how to define it in practical terms, then how in the world are we supposed to actually implement it? So I'm really excited to share with everyone listening that there's actually a very simple formula and the way that I define and achieve fulfillment for my clients. 
Now I will caution everyone that simple is not always easy. Of course, if this were easy, everybody would be fulfilled at work, but it really is simple. Um, but it's based on pretty complex brain science, but here it is. Fulfillment equals alignment of your unique skills, passions, and talents. And I'm happy to break that down further. We can talk about what each of those actually means, because again, I think these are terms that are thrown around a lot, but, um, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily all know exactly what they mean, practically speaking, but it's an alignment of skills, passions, and talents. And here's the thing majority does not win. And this is where it gets to be tricky business because as you said earlier in this conversation, love what you do, um, you know, and school's all about getting the skills for what you do. And sometimes we feel like, gosh, I checked some of the boxes. Why am I still unfulfilled? And it's because you have to have three out of three. It's not mostly alignment. It's complete alignment of your job to those three things. So when, when do people start to figure this out? Cause I'm, I'm just thinking of somebody that, you know, you, you go to college and I think there's a lot of people that are like, I don't even know what I want to major in. And they just kind of pick something and then they figure I'm going to graduate. I better find a job. And they just pick something. And then you fast forward 10, 15 years and they're going, this just isn't it. Mm-hmm. So what, I guess, what can people do differently if, if they are mid-career and they're going, yeah, I just, I'm feeling this. I can't put my finger on it. I don't have quite the definition, but what, what can they do? Well, unfortunately, a lot of people don't figure it out or they're in their mid to late career and finally feeling like, okay, I'm done with doing this whole thing. You know, I really want to do it on my terms now. And, uh, and that's why I specialize with mid-career professionals because they've been around the block. They've been successful, but we can talk about this. Success is certainly not uh, the same thing as being fulfilled. Um But here's the problem. We get a lot of bad advice Mm -hmm. for the first decades of our lives. Um, For example, how many listening have heard advice given like, oh, you're really great at math and science. You should go be a doctor. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I got straight A's in calculus. I hate calculus. (laughs) I don't. Many people love calculus. I don't want want anything to do with calculus, but I excelled in calculus. So there's a myth going around, particularly in school amongst guidance guidance counselors, again, well-meaning individuals, not saying anybody is doing this maliciously, of course, but we have this idea that if you are good at something, competent at something, maybe even excel in something, then it's a direct line to a fulfilling career. And yes, alignment with skills is one part of the fulfillment formula, um, but it's not one out of three, right? So um, just being competent, just being good at something, getting good grades is not enough. But oftentimes that's how we choose our career. Like, I don't know what to do. I really like history. I'm good at history. I'll go major in history. It's not enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get in the job and realize, Oof, I don't like this. Um, then there's the very ever popular do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And I'm not trying to crush dreams. Or that so many times. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a commercial on TV right now. I hear it probably once a day. That's only partially true. And I've worked with, gosh, easily over a thousand young people because I um, still have a passion for for giving back to that age group. 
And that's really what they think they need to be making choices off of, right? What do I love? What am I passionate about? And again, that's one part of the formula, but we can't put all our eggs in that basket because a couple of things first, we don't have a capital P passion in life. And uh, yet people feel this pressure to find the one thing we're passionate about. And as 17 and 18 year olds, we got no idea. Right. Um, and I think that's why it feels so burdensome when we're young. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be passionate about the next several decades. And the point is you won't be passionate likely about mm-hmm. the same thing because passions are not permanent. And that's okay. That's just who we are as human beings. So if we, uh, you know, really keep repeating this advice of do what you love, and then we feel like, well, I don't know what I love yet. Or what if I love changes, then it, it rocks people's world and identity uh, because their career decisions are based in something that's fleeting. So we got to be really careful about that. The other thing is Uh, I know lots of people who chose a career path because of something they love. Maybe they love helping people. So they decided to go into nursing. Um, And the dirty little secret is that passions will get you in the right industry. They do not get you in the right job. That's where the talent piece of the equation comes into play is getting you in the right seat on the bus, but cat passions give you, get you in the right industry. They do not get you in the right job. And what happens is if we get in an industry because of passion, but we, we really don't know how to hone in on the right kind of job that honors our skills and talents. What happens is that thing you were once passionate about, you now, I I've seen people turn bitter against it because they're operating in what I call passion fumes, right? They're, they're, they're running on fumes and there's only so far that will take you They're exhausted. It's not working. They're frustrated. So passion is not enough to get you through. Um, but just to illustrate that point a little bit more about what I mean of getting in the right industry, but not the right job, uh, a CEO and a CFO are both passionate about business, but their jobs, the seat on the bus that they have are totally different. What, what their lives look like, what they're called upon, um, to do on a daily basis, what kinds of talents and natural strengths they need. Those are really different. Uh, or if we think of an ER doctor and a psychiatrist, both are very passionate about medicine, about helping people about health, but wow, are those totally different jobs? So it just keeps coming back to you gotta have all three skills, passions, and talents. But unfortunately we keep hearing this advice that over focuses on parts of the equation, but not the whole picture. And that's where I, I really believe fundamentally is why so many people don't get it right because they just didn't see all the puzzle pieces and weren't able to put it together as a result. Something you know, I was thinking as you were, you were, talking there is I think a lot of people mistake financial success for happiness and fulfillment they think mm-hmm. because you're maybe you are in the c-suite or maybe you you've, you're a, you know you're a, a leader in sales and you're making a lot of money that you must be a happy person and that's that's just not true there was a quote and I'll mention this because I think probably a lot of sports fans have heard this uh, this is from Tom Brady 
And this is on, you can find this on YouTube. This is on uh, an interview he did on, on 60 Minutes back when he was 27. The guy just won three Super Bowls. And he's sitting there and you would think this guy's on top of the world. And he said that there's got to be more to life than this. Like there's got to be more out there for me than just winning a few Super Bowls. I, I thought that was like mind boggling. Do you find that a lot in your work, Emily, that there's people that are financially successful that are just like, there's got to be more than this? Oh, all the time. I mean, just in the last month I've had, I'm just thinking um, just off of memory, probably four, four professionals who've come to me who are very successful job titles, well into six figures, salary, uh, really on top of the world from an outside perspective. And they're coming to me saying, I hate what I'm doing. I can't do this anymore. I literally feel sick because I'm so unfulfilled in my job. My relationships are suffering. Help me get out of this. And I am willing to cut my income in half Hmm. to do it. Uh, And that's just this last month. So I call this the success trap because again, we've all been taught to pursue these signals of success. And I am not against success. I want to be successful. I want everybody listening to be successful, but the problem is success should not be the goal because on the path to success is not necessarily fulfillment, right? A lot of people sell their souls for success. And then like Tom Brady find, woof, this is not all it's cracked up to be because success is external. It's the money, it's the job titles, it's the cars, the house. And again, I am not against those things, but I know how empty they are, how fleeting they are. They, they're they not sustaining in terms of what we crave as human beings. However, if fulfillment is our goal, then we achieve, interestingly enough, often achieve success on the path to fulfillment. Because when we're fulfilled at work, when our skills, passions, and talents align. We are more productive. We are more efficient. We are happier, healthier, more resilient. So all the things, by the way, business leaders that you want in your employees, you get out of them when they're fulfilled. And we, as human beings want those things and it produces success. We're promoted more. We're getting more accolades at work. We're getting higher salary increases. We're top performers. So All boats rise with the tide when we are fulfilled at work. And, um, and and again, the reason why is because fulfillment in contrast to success being external fulfillment is internal. It's a sense of purpose, contentment, uh, alignment, joy. Um, it's sustainable. It's, it's difficult to rock us from that. Right. And I think Jim, as Eric noted in the beginning of this conversation, you can see that fulfillment in what you're doing. It's bigger than you just being successful in your job. You, you are meant to do this. So yeah, I just caution everyone again, success is great. I I want it for all of us, but that should not be the end goal because it will constantly let you down. Do you ever find that sometimes, um, you know, I, maybe I probably want to phrase this like, like family pressures play a role in this. I, I'm thinking of people that, you know, parents had a certain level of success and, and they want their kids to take that same path or they own a business. And it's just kind of like expected that, hey, you're part of this family. You're going to come into this business someday as well. And it may not really be what the kids want to do. Do you, do you come across that a lot in your field? All the time. All the time. Yeah. Especially if, like you said, there's a family business or something that's more like a desk job, a kind of 
uh, work, um, maybe more corporate businessy, if you will. And they have a child that is wired to be hands-on, to be more of, uh, somebody who's in the trades, who's out in the field. Um, and there's can be some tremendous pressures and even biases against that kind of work. And, um, I actually, in one of my, uh, uh, small groups for my church, just, just had a, a gentleman share that he's that kind of guy. Like he needs to be, he said he feels anxious if he hasn't been on his feet and using his hands for most of the day, but he's in a manager of operations job hmm. and it's, it's, is a desk, desk job, right? And he's having incredible anxiety, panic attacks. Uh, I mean, it, this is not working. Uh, and I, I don't know more about his story. I'm not sure, you know, if, if his particular story is because of social pressures, but what's also frustrating is a lot of people find that they can't, especially those who are hands-on like this individual, they find that they're not able to progress in their career without leaving the field and going behind the desk. And that is horrible for these people because they have a need. And this is the talent piece of the equation. Talent, the way I, I'm using that is how you are naturally wired to take action and get results. And 25% of the population needs to be physical. They're hands-on problem solvers. They use tools. They move around, they, um, build things, construct, model, protect. And we, you know, Mike Rowe on dirty jobs. If anybody's heard of that great show TV series. Yeah. Like he he's actually highlighting these folks and saying they are not second-class citizens. We need them. They have talents, um, that are equal to everyone else, but unfortunately the, um, working world has not always honored it the same or given them the same path. But I find that that's probably where I see the biggest clash in families. When you have that incredibly gifted young person, but they're gifted in a way, you know, that doesn't require them to wear a suit to go to work, which wearing a suit's great too. Um, but that's where, you know, that can be hard, you know, maybe it doesn't mean, or, or they're a bottom liner kind of kid. Like they don't need to be an expert. They don't school's not their jam. So this idea of going to four, six, eight plus years of college really isn't in their best interest, uh, talent wise, but that's where there's a lot of conflict, uh, right. in families. So we, we really got to pay attention to this formula because again, the people will be successful when they have alignment, um, we're not, you know, it's not an either or we get to have both, but we really need to honor the person and how they're designed to work. We cannot force fit this. It just, it doesn't work over and over and over again. And brain science proves we cannot force fit this. So we've seen this trend. You know, this is coming out of the pandemic. This, this mm -hmm. phrase now it's, it's called the, the great uh, resignation that people are just walking away from jobs, I think primarily because they're, they're unfulfilled. So if, mm -hmm. if somebody's listening to this, is the advice, Hey, I, I, I don't like what I do, or I hate what I do. Is it just, okay, quit and go do something else. Or is there, is there a better path forward that you could outline for people? Yeah. So uh great, great clarification there because yeah, we, I'm not promoting anybody doing anything reckless. Uh, you know, we have jobs for reasons. Oftentimes we have a lot of people defending, depending on us and depending on our income. So 
uh, we certainly don't want to, you know, uh, just, just quit and, and, and wait for the best thing to come by. Right. And, and also work is called work for a reason. Work is not utopia a hundred percent of the time. Uh, it's, it's, it's just not going to be perfect. However, this, the sort of benchmark that I use is about 80% of the time you should feel like what you're doing is fulfilling. So if you're really far from that, um, ratio, then that's, that's a good time to do some soul searching, but leaving your job is really the, the last thing to do, because oftentimes there's some really simple things that we can do to make our current situation better. So let me walk you through that and let's just use the formula again. So skills, passions, talents, let's start with skills. So skills are important because it gives us confidence. And when we don't have confidence to do our jobs, we're unfulfilled. And speaking of COVID, which I know we're all tired of talking about, but the reality is COVID changed a lot of people's jobs. And right now, actually we're, we're just this morning, there was more news about these waves of layoffs. And when there's these big changes in the workforce, it calls on people to bring different skills to the table. It might be remote working when you've never done remote working before. It might be, Hey, you're now doing the job of two people instead of one, or we're combining roles. Uh, so you have a whole new set of um, skill sets you need, and you can be passionate about your work. You can, um, you know, be aligned with the right talents um, you have to do your job. But if you suddenly find yourself in a skills gap, your fulfillment rating <laughs> will drop. So skills are the easiest thing to solve for. But I think sometimes we do a disservice to ourselves by sort of throwing a, a self-pity party rather than doing something about it. But I love resources like Udemy. Um, like Academy, but replace the AC with you. Um, if you've not heard of it, heard of it before, go check it out. Udemy has tons of very low cost. Like I'm talking like 10 buck um, online courses, low commitment hour to where you can learn new skills um, or ask your company for, for resources. A lot of times there's training budgets that managers are happy to use up. So ask your employer for help. Say, Hey, things have changed. And I realize I'm lacking a skill in this area. What resources, what, um, you know, financial support might be available to me. So if there's a skills gap, go get the capabilities you need to be confident in what you're doing. Then there's the passion piece. So passion gives us belief belief in the work that we're doing. If we don't have belief, then we got problems. Um, so passion is really a matter of, um, you know, gut check in terms of the culture of the organization that you're a part of. Are you, um, you know, in agreement with the mission, vision, and values of the organization have those changed? Um, you know, if you're a person who's, who's very, very passionate about the environment and you're working for a company who's not so much, <laughs> then that's going to be, that's going to be, be a, a conflict risk. there. Right. And, right. Right. And so it's hard. Um, and that might feel like an oversimplified example, but a, a lot of people come to me to say like, I love my job. I really love what I'm doing. If I could just not have the whole company culture, right. If I could just do this in a vacuum, I'd be great. But you know, there's different decisions being made at a leadership level that I don't agree with. The company's going in a direction that I don't agree with. Um, so that that's trickier. Uh, I'll be honest with you. That tends to be when it is a good time to look elsewhere, to look for a company that 
really aligns with your value system. But before you do that, before you make that big jump, start with a very simple exercise, which is to write a personal mission, vision, and value statement. We know about doing those things a lot of times in, in a business setting, but we should each have one personally. So your mission is why do you exist? Why do you exist as a human being? Your vision is where are you going? And I love to look out 10 years, you know, put, take out a blank sheet of paper and fast forward 10 years from now and say, if I'm looking back, you know, what has to happen in these 10 years for me to feel great about my progress personally and professionally, that's a Dan Sullivan question of strategic coach for those of you that might be familiar, but write out what you want to have happen in your 10 years. What, what does fulfillment look like for you over the next 10 years? And then your value statement, like, what do you believe in? Um, what are the lines in the sand for you? What Hills will you die on? But get that written out. You might say, Oh, I know what those things are. No, no, no. Write it out because there is power and psychological power, brain power in writing this stuff out. And then you have more clarity and that allows you to take an honest look about, you know, here's, here's what I'm about. Um, how does that measure up to my company? But you also might be going through a difficult time in your life, uh, a divorce, um, a loss of a family member, health issues, and, um, you know, maybe good things, but, but world rocking things like having a baby, getting a major promotion, moving. If that's, what's causing you to be temporarily unfulfilled, I would say, you know, time heals all wounds. Just let time pass a bit, um, and give yourself grace and come back to it. But it's really about like figuring out like what's at the root, not the fruit. Um, you know, a lot of times people recognize the symptoms of unfulfillment, but this formula gets us back to like, what's causing it. And let's deal with that. And then the last piece is the talent piece. And again, talents are how you naturally operate. This is not something you learn. It's not even something you want or value. It's just who you are. It's truly how you were born to contribute to the world. And we cannot change this about ourselves. And um, some really simple, practical, like you can do today kind of advice is first, go to a website called colby.com, K-O-L-B-E.com. Colby Corp is the only company that assesses the talent piece. It's called Conation, but this piece of your mind. And I think right now their pricing is for $55. You get a test result, which by the way, is the only psychological test that gives you a lifetime result. Jim, I know you've done this. I have. Um, yep. And that is a game changer and it's going to give you more insight than you have ever gotten before about how you need to get stuff done. So just real quick on this one yeah. is like a lot of times I'll see these you know, psychology or psychological evaluation things. It's like, I'm a cynic with a lot of the stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm going to answer a bunch of questions and you're going to, you're going to nail me. Right. I take this Colby test. And I look at it. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. It's like, how did they figure this stuff out? It's pretty you know? freakish. Oh yeah. I get that feedback all the time. Uh, and, and honestly it was because of the incredible life-changing insights of the Colby assessment that I'm in the work that I'm doing. Cause the talent piece is the one that almost everybody misses, right? When we talk about people aren't fulfilled because they don't have the full picture. It's because most of the time, nobody ever told them that they have this way of working and that it doesn't change. So it's a non-negotiable. We have to honor this. Um, so if you want to figure that out real fast and, you know, not have to have a long learning curve of figuring yourself out, just it, it, it truly it's 20 minutes and you get an immediate result. So do that. 
But if you find after taking that assessment that, wow, ooh, I got on the wrong seat on the bus, right? I'm, I'm the ER doctor and I should have been the psychiatrist. Um, or maybe I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in sales, but I should really be in customer success, right? Um, there are some pretty easy things you can do, which is one step back for a minute and just, you know, most of us are so busy being in our jobs that we just don't take the time to take that, you know, higher level view. Business owners are, are extremely guilty of this, um, which is, you know, we're in the business instead of working on the business, right? So take a step back and think, you know, am I doing things at work the way I'm doing them because it's what I was told to do, or it's what everybody says they should do, or, you know, is there a reason behind it? Or are there different ways to get to the same result ways that honor me better ways that make more sense for the way that I work? Um, so just rethinking, uh, just, can I get results in a different way? Ones that honor me better. Also think about task bartering. Uh, you might have team members and I know actually Jim in, in your, um, particular organization and your team, you're excellent at task bartering. You know, you know, each other's strengths and you assign the tasks according to who does what best and not That's just right. from a competency perspective, but from what you actually enjoy doing, you know, what makes sense with your talents. So um, that's actually a really easy thing to do because you're probably taking off somebody else's plate, something that they find unfulfilling by taking on things. Um, but then you can give them the things that you hate, like, you know, Hey, I'll do the slide deck. You do the presentation or I'll do the research. Do you mind building the model, uh, of, of the ideas? So again, just utilize your team and the people around you. And then if you really feel like, no, I can't redeem this particular role. This is just not, I just, I have to do things a certain way. I don't have a team that can help me out. That's when you can ask for an internal transfer, uh, especially if you love the company you're working for and you feel like you've got a lot of ex experience and skills and training in this line of work. It's really just that job. Then, um, you know, in a good company with good managers who probably are seeing you struggling, you know, just going to them and honestly saying, Hey, I love it here. I want to be here. But is there some other opportunity inside of the company? Most companies really like to promote from within or hire from within. But, you know, is there something else that I can do here, a different type of role that makes more sense for me? So it's all of that saying, I know there was a lot there, but all of that being said, if I can boil it down to one thing is be your own advocate. No one is ever going to care about your career as much as you. So if you are expecting somebody else to advocate for you, they may, but I certainly would not abdicate that responsibility. So for everything I just said, if, if you know, you're unfulfilled, do something about it. That's where, um, you know, I get to, to play a role as a coach, which is okay. You know, we do get to have that pity party for, for a minute, but then do something about it. And a lot of it is just voicing, you know, understanding the root, not just the fruit, you know, voicing those issues, but also advocating for solutions, advocating for alignment. And you'll be surprised how responsive people are. The environment is to that. Once you have that language, that confidence to communicate what you need. So Emily, just to, to start to, to wrap things up here, I, 
already read two quotes. I'm going to go ahead and read a third. I guess great things come in threes because mm-hmm. um, I think this speaks volumes to to coaching and why it's important. And this quote is from Tom Landry. It says, a coach is someone who tells you what you don't want to hear, who as you see what you don't want to see, so you can be who you've always known you could be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fitting for this conversation. So if, if somebody's listening to this, they're going, okay, a lot of these concepts, they, they make sense. I don't know how to put it all together. Um, or really what roadmap to follow. Tell us a little bit about your coaching process and and what people get from that and and who's a good fit for that. Sure. So as we said earlier, I really focus. So in terms of working with professionals from that side of the coin, I focus on those mid-career professionals. So they've been around the block. They've experienced the you know, work, but know that what they're doing is not right for them. And they want to do their life and career on their terms moving forward. Um, and then high achievers. And, um, that's because high achievers takes one to no one. Um, you know, we're, we're really good at force fitting stuff, right? We're excellent at, um, being really good at what we do, but I think that makes it even harder for us to find fulfillment because we're so good at just about everything, you know, we set our minds to. So there's a, there's that fine line though, between excellence and unique ability. So if you're that mid-career high achieving professional, and you really want to do life on your terms, and particularly if that entails, you know, you really feel like you're at the point of, of making a job transition, the career navigator program is perfect for you. Um, that's where I take you from where you are today to getting your job offer at a new company. Um, and we spend the first half of that program First, making sure we are aimed in the right direction, which is what is your target, you know, fulfilling job. Um, and for those that are interested in learning more about that or getting free resources, free training from me, you can go to um, the other website I have, which is my name, emilymelius.com. Again, there's free stuff there. Also more about these programs. And then if you're that business leader out there who gets it you realize that fulfilling work is, is not just the right thing to do, but it is good for business. Then, um, that's where, you know, you're more than welcome to go to launchconsulting.io. You can schedule a complimentary 30 minute conversation with me. Um, I'd love to learn more about your organization. And we've consulted with companies that are international large, um, all the way down to, you know, 5% teams. So, um, fulfillment touches everybody. It's, um, you know, our ideal clients on the company side, it's, it's less about demographics and more about psychographics, right? If you're somebody who really values, if I have to convince you that fulfilling work is, is good, um, we might not work well together, but if you get it, you just don't know how to get there. Um, then we'd love to work with you, uh, because we're very data-driven. Um, we don't do things on hunches. So we actually help you scientifically, um, coordinate fulfillment and then manage that with your employees from all the way from hiring to, um, talent optimization, people development and dealing with people problems. So, um, you know, you're uh, equipped with constant data and information on how to make good choices that benefit everybody in your company. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Emily, I'll make sure we put your uh, your websites in the show notes, but uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. I think this is an excellent topic. I think that there's uh, so much for people to discover in this area because I don't I don't think it's really um, it's really spoken about too much. So hopefully our audience, uh, both business owners and employees together, got a lot out of this. And uh, don't be shy. Reach out to Emily. She's a wonderful resource. And uh, with that, Eric, let me kick it back to you. 
This has been fantastic. I love the topic. I love the information. Emily, you're a wealth of knowledge, obviously. So thank you so much for being on the show. Jim, of course, thank you for facilitating this, uh, bringing another amazing guest on for your audience uh, and for my benefit. So I appreciate that very much. Uh, And our last thank you, of course, will go to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Maximizing Outcomes podcast with Jim McGovern. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually helps others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at McGovern Wealth Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Maximizing Outcomes podcast, brought to you by Jim McGovern and the McGovern Wealth Group. Be sure to follow the show to be notified when new episodes become available. To suggest a topic or guest for a future episode, or learn more about how we can help to maximize outcomes in your life, visit our website at www.mcgovernwealth.com. This podcast is intended for general public use and is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or McGovern Wealth Group, and opinions stated are their own. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities, LLC, is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Jim McGovern is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS. Member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. McGovern Wealth Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. CA Insurance License Number 0F67329 AR Insurance License Number 7119103 California Insurance License Number 0F67329 Arkansas Insurance License Number 7119103 Compliance Number 2022 Dash 146914 expires November 2024.